Warning. The content you're about to hear may be disturbing to some listeners and is not recommended for anyone under the age of 18. Listen to discretion is advised. Hi guys, this is Stephanie. And this is Ashley. Thank you for joining us in the first of many true crime episodes where we tell you stories of small town murders in rural Florida. And so we bring you Big Big Murder Murder in a Small Town. So today's episode is about Anna Young from the House of Prayer in Micanopy, Florida. And it's pretty disturbing. There's going to be some accounts of child abuse that will turn your stomach. Um, They make me sick. So I actually cried when the first time we came in here to record because this is like our third millionth time of trying to get this episode out because it's really hard. And guys, if you're sensitive to this kind of thing, this is something that you may want to just be ready to maybe pause and fast forward through some of it. We'll kind of give you warnings as much as we can, but um, some of it, you know, it really sticks with you because these are babies. These are, you know, these are innocent little beings that never even asked to be put here and suffered nonetheless. So um, just keep that in mind. We will do our best to give you um, as much warning as possible so that you can get through it. So um, I'll just start out by telling you guys that Anna Young is a very slick, slick person. She got away with things that you or I could never get away with. She's pretty smart, I think, but pretty. Okay, so she was well versed in the con game, I will say. I don't think she was super intelligent but she was well-versed in her con game. I agree. I think the intellect was not as high as, as for, for as conniving and as manipulative as, as she will hear that she is. I do not believe her intellect matches at all. I don't know how she got away with it for so many years. Um, she moved to a house in Micanopy in the early eighties and started taking in like the the dysfunctional people of the world, you know, the people that had, had that had less and couldn't take care of themselves and she was gathering anyone who was weaker than she who she knew she could manipulate and she mm-hmm. actually started it prior to Micanopy and Waldo. Yeah. So she was gathering at that time and then Micanopy was the bigger commune that she was able to bring more people on. So she had she had kind of picked and um, like, you know, got some and then released some and that sort of thing, or maybe they escaped um, while she was in Waldo and, um, and then just kind of continued to grow and then moved to Micanopy to um, get even more involved. Um, little pause. If you guys hear the weird, Coming from the background, I'm not keeping a prisoner or anything weird. It's my dog and she has allergies and she will not stop coughing. I've done everything I can. Her name is Lady and she's <laughs> oh, oh, oh. had some Zyrtec tonight. So sorry, guys. Just letting you know. Um, Lady, a.k.a. the hacker. 
<laughs> anyway, um, back to serious stuff. This lady is was a manipulative jerk, pretty much. I mean, I just, I can't, I want to not be foul, but I really do. And I also don't want to, okay, I'm just going to say it like it is. I don't care what anybody thinks about me and my opinion of Anna Young. What I do care about is making the victims feel more horrible than they already feel. So I don't want to do that. Um, but or, or their family members or anyone who loved them, you know, that right. sort of thing. We're certainly not. Right. We're not. We, we are here to advocate for victims and not for their perpetrators. Right. And she was definitely the perpetrator and not a victim. Um, I looked into her childhood and she had a pretty um, good childhood. She was poor. Um, they did. She did have to go live with another relative for a little while, but there was no abuse. Um, she even admitted that she had a pretty happy childhood, even though they were poor. And so there was no reason for her crazy ass to do this stuff. Um, she whipped and I had to look at the medical examiner report of this baby. Is that what you have in your hand right now? I have the start of the Alachua County Sheriff's Department, um, the report from the death of Catania Jackson. Okay. And this is, this one, this is just one of them. And it says, let me see, there's a bunch. They go, I mean, it goes back pretty far. Um, she's been, she had been brought in for a seizure disorder to Shans. And Shans Hospital. Which is a oh. it's a large um, <laughs> healthcare facility in the southeast. It's one of the largest in the southeast United States. So um, at the time, it was still pretty big hospital, not quite what it is now. But um, she was brought into their uh, neurology, their pediatric uh, pediatric neurology department, um, where she was seen by some of the physicians there, and was put on phenobarbital for the seizures, which apparently did well. She she did okay with the with phenobarb. Medication hadn't been withheld. There, there yeah. would not have been so back. Super. So so we're talking about nineteen eighty. What? This one is eighty three. So in nineteen eighty three, we were still back in the days of grand mall and petty mall seizures, and and so you know it was really nobody there. There wasn't as big of an understanding about seizures um, then as there is now. So the seizures that she was 84 sorry. 84 okay so sorry 1984 um but in any case the um, seizures were you know they were either really small or really big but the seizures that she was having were um were classified different nowadays there she was basically um staring and like staring off and kind of not really present for short periods of time and anna didn't like that yeah she told them in the police report that i read that she was staring off in into the distance she had a blank stare or something like that but anyway the reason that the kid was completely not null of emotion was because she had been beaten and deprived of medication and not not only deprived of medication but food and water and things like that and beaten below the knees on her legs all the way down to her ankles. And I'm trying to find it right now. 
Um, and she, just wait, I want to just step back for one second and also just um, so you know, the excuse me, the medication phenobarbital um, can certainly um, slow cognitive function, and so um, this poor baby is. Um, not only going through all of the terrors that she's going through every single day with this horrible woman, but she's also um, going to have delayed reaction, delayed cognitive function, all of these delays because of this medication. So she's, you know, she's just really, really at this massive disadvantage because of all of these things. And this woman, this monster is um, targeting her because she doesn't like her affect. And she didn't even have to do anything. She just beat the kids. But what I was going to say is in the medical examiner's report, they said that she was just a little over two feet tall. And then they explained that on the bottoms below her knees, that there were up to, I think it was seven. I'm trying, I'm going off of memory right now. This is our first podcast. You guys were trying really hard. Um, we've, recorded several different ways and i'm hoping that this is going to be the one that works the best this it is seems going to be, flow yes this is going to be the one so anyway basically what i'm trying to say is a third of her body was covered in scars because this woman would beat her below the knee and she had five and seven inch scars i think it said on the backs of her legs from this woman beating her and she had scars on the bottoms of her feet so five to seven inch, we're talking about like what? That's like a dollar bill. Two and a half it's foot like a dollar bill, kid, right? That's like a third of her body. So so wrap a dollar bill around your little two-year-old and see what you get. Like what kind of that wraps around the entire, that's that's a pretty big, you know, that that's pretty large um, scar. Yeah. Basically what I'm looking at is the files of, um, like the death certificate, the the medical examiner's reports, and all of the police reports that led up to the death of Katanya Jackson. And she even, I don't know how this happens, but this woman was so slick, Anna Young, that she took this child to the doctor and in the Shans hospital records, some of her records that I'm looking at right here for the emergency room, and you can see that. Mm -hmm. What does that emergency say? Emergency department, Shans Tech uh, Teaching Hospital. Young. Mm. And now a word from our sponsor. It says that she, I cannot figure out what this last word is. It says that this, how old is she? Two? Mm-hmm. Two-year-old child has hypertension, which is insane. Um, it says metabolic. Um, so I guess her um, glucose, everything is normal for glucose. Um, her, she's toxic. And it says check mark for lead since patient may have been exposed to lead in Chicago. And then question marks medicine idiopathic most probably meaning they don't know the reason um, idiopathic is that they don't know the reason behind the seizure um, and it says that she has petty mal seizures which is what we were talking about earlier so um, you so know they said it's idiopathic they said they suspect idiopathic epilepsy which means they don't know the reason behind the seizures which there's so many different reasons we can go into a whole nother podcast for that um, so their plan was to 
um, treat with phenobarbital. Um, so they're going to start her off with a larger dose and then um, get her onto a smaller dose twice a day. So basically, they were going to try and get a, you know get in um, get control of the seizures and then um, um, you know gradually kind of lower her down and and see if they could maintain so that she um, wasn't. Um, completely overtaken by phenobarbital because that has, you know, quite a bit of an influence on um, just every kind of, you know, anything and everything you do. Um, it says here that patient so, is to be followed for evidence of the uncontrolled seizures, partial as well as. Yep. Do you see that says cult? Yep. Cult. I'm not really sure what the rest of that says, but I just see cult. And, oh, no, they're talking about a culture. Never mind. Oh. Sorry. We, of course, we, you know, that's the first thing we go I'm to. I'm like, culture. yep, cult. So, it's a cult. Um, so they did toxic screen. They did metabolic screen. So they're basically running labs. They're doing a CT scan. Um, and they are wanting to continue to monitor her. So, you know, it's really sticking out to me. And I never realized this. But this poor kid, her blood pressure was high. So for a two-year-old who, you know, she's itty bitty, this is mm -hmm. an itty bitty little kid. So it's not like she's an overweight kid or anything like this, this is an itty bitty little kid with high blood pressure. So I am not a doctor. I'm not even a nurse. I'm nothing as far as that's concerned, but it has to give you an idea that this poor baby is stressed out that she, that, that the things that she's going through in her daily life are stressful to her. And that is causing her blood pressure to be high in addition to her medical problems. And, and, and it's heartbreaking. And that is, I've, I've never touched this before guys. So I'm really sorry, but that's just really, really, really sad. Um, this is the whole thing here. Um, I'm reading, I think, are we reading the same thing? Nope, no, it's, it's continuing off. It's the same night. Um, I just want to plant one little seed really quick before you go into this. Um, so, you know, they say idiopathic um, epilepsy, um, which is, you know, that they don't know the reason behind it. So let me just plant this little itty bitty seed for you that um, in my experience with epilepsy, which is small but mighty, um, head trauma can cause epilepsy. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that funny? Okay. So head trauma, maybe be by being busted in the head when someone doesn't like you breathing or smiling or you know, being a human or, being. Or, or having a seizure and not responding. So it says here, um, this is just goes against what she said. She said that she was um like that she couldn't console her and all this other stuff. In here on the note, it says 81383 on call note. The patient is irritable but consolable. So, the other thing that you have to know, too, as far as seizures are concerned, um, so if you are um, post ictal um, after seizure, so um, a lot of patients, anybody who has any kind of um, experience with epilepsy, if you, when you come out of a seizure, sometimes you're still not um, all there. And so you can be angry, you can be violent, you can be, you can be weepy, you can be sleepy, you can be so many different things. And inconsolable would be one of those things that you could be. And when, like, these are the, the like, the, the epitome of inconsolable would be 
post-ictally inconsolable because there is no reasoning with someone whose brain function isn't right because of a seizure. So basically what we're saying is that we don't think that she had a seizure before they brought her in. I think that Anna Young beat the crap out of her and then they brought her in because she was non-responsive because she went too far. I mean, going too far is by beating her at all, but you know, she knew she'd gone too far and had to take her to try to save her because she was going to be in trouble. So um, basically in all these notes, they tell her um, that on the 13th, when they brought her in, 8-13-83, that they wanted her to come back to the ER um, if it became worse. And if the symptoms didn't improve, they gave her Tylenol um, for the temperature, which she had, and sent her home. They never came back for treatment, for, for continued treatment. treatment. Um, and, and that was where mother Anna decided that, um, she would stop giving her medication. So she was considered non-compliant, and that is in the record. Um, she stopped giving her the medication because she didn't like the way the medication made her. Um, she said that she was, what, didn't she say she was taken over by demons or something like that? Yeah. She thought she was possessed. Possessed because the, you know, because the, she was having seizures. Um, yeah, so when they brought her in the final time after she had been beaten and starved and probably, I'm saying probably because I don't know for sure. I know that with Iman, who we will talk about in a little while, she kept him up in a tiny room. In a loft. That was, a, yeah, that used to be a loft, but it was really super hot and there wasn't any ventilation up there. And if you've ever been in Florida in a house with no air conditioner in the summertime, you can't breathe. You can't. First of all, it sucks the fluids out of your body. So he had to be super dehydrated. This is a baby y'all. Anyway, we're getting off subject. He will be talked about later. This was the night that she came in. It said the, the subject stated that the child was unconscious at the time of his arrival. He stated a, of her arrival it's supposed to be he stated that the child was unconscious the entire three-day period of attendance prior to death so she was in the hospital for three days and then she died after getting the worst beating of her entire life her little short little life and the mother and the son i mean she will go into the son probably in the next episode but he was beaten within inches of his life several times I, okay. um, I, mean, I just want to pipe in for one second i just noticed something here so you guys so that when stephanie's you know stephanie's pretty frustrated and pretty emotional about this and i'm not i don't mean to sound like i'm not so if this kind of gives you a, a better grasp on things so little baby Catania was born on July 19th of 1981 and brought in August 11th of 1983. So this baby was barely two years old. And had had a normal life up until then, was loved by her mom. Barely two years old. And like, so when I think about this, I think about my daughters and I think about at two years old, the parties that we played, you know, that we had for these babies, these big old parties for these kids that didn't even know they were having parties. 
like the things that we did for our little babies prior to their two-year birthday. You know what I think about? When they get hurt and they cry so hard that they don't breathe and then they suck in that air like when they hurt their foot or they fall down and they look at you and they get really scared and cry. How the hell could you do that? Yep. And continue to injure over and over and over to not Hearing find that any, like, no empathy whatsoever. It goes way beyond mental illness for me, guys. I have, you know, obviously I feel like, Evil. you know, mental illness plays a part in a lot of things, but I believe that mental illness plays very little part in this. I believe that evil is the absolute here that, um, that, that Anna, I, I'm not calling her mother, Anna, Anna Young was an evil, evil woman who, who was just alpha on the, on the food chain. She made herself, she put herself in a position to be number one on the food chain and, she ran and the enjoyed house like a prison. it. She enjoyed every single minute of it. And it's disgusting. Of course she did. I mean, they gave, um, we're not going to go into every single one of these stories, but they gave one of the girls a bleach bath. That was a lot. Yeah. That was quite a while out. Let's, let's mm -hmm. revisit that. So baby Catania, passes away unfortunately right have you have you gotten to that mm -hmm. so so she yeah. passes away and they they quickly reclaim her body um anna young claims her as her own child reclaims her body and has her buried as quickly as possible so that they buried i'm i'm using my little finger quotes buried um, so that they could, you know, um, get rid of as much evidence as possible. They, they said they were, um, actually they got somebody from the funeral home and, um, her husband to pick him up, to pick her up. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, shithead brother shithead. I can't remember his name. Um, Robert. And also Robert Young. So Robert Young picked the baby's body up with um, the guy from the, the baby. Home. And and when I say the baby, I mean Catania because Catania would now be 81, 76. What is that? 40. What is that? My brain is broken. Too many truly. She was born in 81. She was born in 81. I was born in 76. So she's five years. So she would be 40 years old today. Like, but you know, this around this time, she'd be turning 45 years old, 40 years old. Sorry. And, and she never made it to her third birthday. She barely made it past her second birthday. Everything that we've told you so far leads up to March 9th, 2017. I'm going to read a letter from Kevin Allen, the cold case homicide uh, criminal investigator from Alachua County Sheriff's Office to Dr. Hamilton. It says, Dr. Hamilton, please find attached the entire investigative file for the 1983 death investigation of Catania Young. What the prosecutors and investigators didn't know then and we do know now is that Anna Young was directing an extremist religious cult in Micanopy, wherein poor single black women and their young children were recruited into the cult. Once inside the cult, the adults and children were subjected, sorry, were subjected to 
extreme punishments, including beatings with sticks and extension cords. It's really hard. The children and adults were also subjected to extreme force fastings where food and water were withheld for days at a time. Adults were placed inside a locked box described as the size of a large dog crate in the trailer portion of the tractor trailer during this discipline. And discipline is in quotes. Children were also subjected to a form of isolation by being restrained in small locked closets for days at a time which they were deprived of food and water. Witness testimony has revealed the biological parents of young children in the cult were separated from their mothers soon after entering the cult. All discipline and medical decisions made on behalf of these children were then made by the matriarch of the cult, Anna Young. In the attached case, Anna Young assumed the role of the victim's mother and saw fit to deny the victim's access to medications or which would have prevented her death. According to physicians interviewed by Detective Fernell Cole in 1983, her death was preventable, and preventable is in quotes also. In addition, although the legal, although the victim's legal name was Catania Jackson, the autopsy stated her last name to be Young. The victim's body was released for burial to Anna Young's husband, Robert Young. And witness testimony also revealed the victim was tortured by Anna Young with repeated beatings to her feet and legs. Anna Young was quoted by one witness as saying she intended to beat the demon out of her. I have also provided audio and video statements from some of the various witnesses interviewed recently, which support the premise that Catania Young died as a result of being abused and having her anti-seizure medicines withheld. After reviewing the statements and my investigative summary, I would like for you to consider changing the cause of death in, in this case to homicide. Respectfully, Detective Kevin Allen. So that wraps up the letter from Detective Kevin Allen to the medical examiner asking if he would consider changing the cause of death to homicide. So I know that y'all noticed that we skipped from the 80s all the way up to 2017. And I did that because our next episode is going to be filling in those slots between what Anna Young did between 1983 until 2017 when this letter was written and after. So stay tuned for the rest of the story. See you guys next time. Bye.